You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. What are you doing later? Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes. Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Rated PG-13. <laughs> Empire. Hello and welcome to the podcast, another Therapy Tuesday, unfortunately for you fans, because you deserve better, but Graham and I here are, are here to talk you through it. We're going to go over some big picture items here. Offensive line, can, can it be fixed? Can, can the defense, where, where's the hope on the defense? That's all that good stuff. So, Bram, I do want to, first of all, for people joining us, if you're, if you're watching us live, thank you very much for tuning in. If you're tuning in later, hit that like button, hit that subscribe button. You can also catch the John Conn Report wherever you get your podcasts, Spotify, wherever, Apple, all those good places. Thank you very much for tuning in as always. And just one programming note, I will be talking to Logan Paulson tomorrow morning for a podcast that will come out Thursday. So some of what you're going to want to hear will be addressed with Logan Paulson. So, Bram, let's start big picture because that's where we need to go right now. With the offensive line. What was you? I think the takeaway is the same. I don't even want to go there. What's the level of concern with the offensive line? And why didn't you ever raise any issues about your concerns about the line before this? You know, I was thinking about this today. It's just like the milk's been spilled. So, what I mean, you know, like at this point, it's like, what am I going to rehash that I raised the red flag to say I was right? Like, it is what it is. And we're not at the point, we're at the point now where they've got to make do with what they have, right? So right. let's talk about that, right? Because it's not like that they don't have players that can play. It's, you know, we could go back to, you know, the, the issues of the offseason and the decisions that were made. And I was concerned that the people that they replaced Brandon Sheriff and Eric Flowers with, that they're, they're pros, but like, there's just a lot of, there's just a lot of tread on the tires and drop off. The, the, yeah. It, and are they the same frontline starters that they were four or five years ago? And can they really, you know, protect Carson Wentz in the way that they anticipate with this in mind? And so, but the milk's been spilled. I mean, they are, they're where they are now. Like, what do they do about it now? Um, it's a good question. Like, it's a really good question. Like, should Wes Schweitzer become a guard and either Nick Martin or Wes Martin take over at center? Should Sadiq Charles play more? Do they rotate some people? Um, if you have this kind of fever dream that Sam Cosme should be a guard, not a tackle, well, I don't think you can do that now. I think that is something you could talk about maybe in the offseason, but um, it's not now because exactly where is the tackle depth and would you do that and does that make you better? I don't see it. So I think there are, I think we're going to be talking about protection issues that can be implemented by helping alleviate the vulnerabilities that are there by either leaving people in, taking more receivers off the field, maybe leaving Bates in more and upping the protection. I'm not screaming for max protection. I'm asking for more protection because they have to make do with what they have. And what they have is not bad. 
but they got to fortify it for sure. Well, here's here's the problem with the Mac. One of those sacks the other day came in max protection. The Eagles fooled them, and that's you know they had Brandon Graham rushing against two tight ends on the right side. Uh, Brandon Graham was on the right side, so he takes a step forward, then drops. Tight ends are left covering nobody. So you have three one-on-ones on their side. So they actually had seven blockers against four, and it didn't matter. So, But I agree with you. I think the hard part for me with, with the line was if this goes back to roster construction. And, and I think you know there was a drop-off between from Sheriff and Flowers to Norwell and Trey Turner, and Turner getting hurt in camp didn't help. Um, but, man, that's a problem. And I think the other problem, Bram, is that you would like to have seen Sadiq Charles elevate to now to being a starter in, in this his third season. That to me is also part of the issue here is that if, and I think John Matsko is a, is a very good line coach, but it's, it's not always just on the coach. When Joe Bugle was here the second time around, I didn't think they developed a great line then either, but Joe Bugle is a great coach. It's not always just on the coach. So I think that's, one of the things, and I agree with you on Cosme. Cosme, the time where I thought like you could move in the guard was if you drafted one of those, and Blaine Bowling said it, Masco's good, but he ain't no miracle worker. And that's true of any coach, too. But yes, him, too. But where you could have moved Cosme to guard is by drafting a tackle 11, had you stayed there and one of those top three tackles, that would have been an option then. So, you know, you're right. You have to kind of live with it. I, I'm more of the, the thinking that get one of the Martins to center, probably Nick Martin. He's got experience starting as a center, Schweitzer to guard. Because the other problem, Bram, it wasn't just in protection with the front. It was also getting out in space. There have been a, there was a couple screens the other day where if you're better blocking out in space, you have some big gains. There was one to Curtis Samuel in the, I think it was the fourth quarter. Um, yeah, it was the fourth quarter. If it's, it's there, the play is there. You just one of the guys like Schweitzer and um, Turner both blocked one guy. Jahan Doxson blocks a guy. There's a guy free, and neither one of them saw him, and he's right there. Like if you blocked him, Samuel is sprung, and it's a touchdown. So it's also that ability that you miss with Sheriff to get out in space that you, as you talked about in the offseason, getting more athleticism up there. So what can you do then? Well, then I think now. You know, I know a lot of people want those three-step drops. And when I was watching all the sacks, most of those were five-step drops. Almost all of them were under three seconds, almost every sack. In my opinion at this point, with the protection, that they're going to have to fortify the vulnerabilities. That There's not a lot of choice here any longer. Um, they can make some changes. Could Sadiq Charles... Oh, there you are, John. Hi. I'm back. All right. Having, having some internet issues tonight, but... But yeah, so like, I think the problem is, you know, you can do some things. Can you run more screens? Can you get the run game involved earlier setting up? And, you know, it's not always about establish the run, then play action. It's really about marrying concepts when you do that. Can you get that better as well? Because I think that will, I think that will, um, will, will be a factor. And yeah, James, kind of living with the 540 internet. You are very right on that one, my man. So <laughs> There, it is like I don't have enough hamsters on the wheel tonight running this internet, but I'm going to switch to my MiFi card and we'll be all good. All right, let me get back to another part of this, which was in rewatching that, and I want to look ahead to Dallas a little bit, but yeah, in rewatching, um, I, 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 granted, I agree here, um, and I don't want to go back to I've been yelling about this since the spring, but like 
I've been yelling about this since the spring, that this, the middle of the offensive line, there was going to be a little bit of blind belief that these guys were just going to put it together. And and I often will defer to, they know better than me. You know, like right. I'm, I'm just guessing. Um, at this point, it doesn't look particularly great. There is one other part of this in the second quarter where, yes, there was a lot of pressure, but it was the first time this season that Wentz had a stretch of time where his inaccuracy really showed up here. Yeah. He missed Curtis Samuel badly twice. He missed Jahan Dotson on a throw that had no chance down the field. He short-armed one to John Bates. This all started to that happen. That ball got tipped on that one. Yeah, okay, so the ball got tipped on that one. There was a miss with McLaurin. Like, there were a lot of misses. And this was like, again, like, I what I'm, what I'm happy about is the decision-making's there. Like, the ball's going to the right place. But the inaccuracy like showed up for the first time over a stretch of time. And was he rattled? Was it his timing off? You know, because of all the things that were happening, the snaps weren't good regularly. He was clearly under a tremendous amount of pressure. Um, you know, so only he can really answer all that. Like was his timing and internal clock completely off? I don't know. Like that was, that was a problem, but for the second time, and again, and this is why I want to go back to, this is a we problem. It's not a they problem. It's a we problem. It's the coaches. It's everybody. Everybody needs to take responsibility for this. In the second half, things did change again. So much so that I know it looks like they were inept in the second half. They weren't. They multiple times could have scored again. They got stopped on a fourth and goal at the one. On a third and 22 in Eagles territory, he throws a dime to McLaurin that was a touch high, but should have been caught. And that would have set up a fourth and two as opposed to what they ended up doing. He threw a perfect pass to Dotson that was just a pure drop. So nothing seems to really rattle this guy, which is really, really, really good news. That said, I mean, if you're going to get in these kind of holes, for whatever reason that they're in these kind of holes, that's not going to, that's, that's going to change. So, you know, I, I recognize that like, I'm not trying to paint a rosy picture here. I don't think there really is one. I do think there are some things we will point out that I think were pretty good. That is one of them, but there was a stretch here for the first time that I thought Wentz had a bad, really bad quarter, quarter and a half for sure. The, the other thing is when you look at the sacks and I'd say probably a good six of them were on the line, but there are a few other times he can help them out by making a better decision or maybe with slightly better pocket awareness to either to the way he moves in the pocket. He does not move as well. Like when I'm watching Dallas against uh, the Giants on Monday night and I'm watching Daniel Jones, he got hit a lot, but he escaped a lot because he is mobile. And yes. that's one of the concerns I have for Wentz on Sunday is that I mean I gotta tell you this too though like do you think Dallas really respected the Giants passing game whatsoever like of course they didn't and so like so realistically if they're gonna bring that kind of heat against us they are playing with fire here I mean they really are because then they're going one-on-one with our receivers and that's a different story with a different quarterback so have at it you got it but you've got to get them over have at it I'm with you though like all those rush yards that Jones got, none of it was designed. It was all scrambles. So he was completely right. under pressure the whole game. But to sit there and think like, well, they're going to bring that heat on Washington. They are playing with fire by doing that with us. They sure. are, but that's also their style. And, and Micah Parsons is a is just is an awesome player. Yes, but he is. The, the, but there will be there will be pressure on Wentz to handle that better. And I think you know I don't think the pressure facing Philly, his old team, was an issue. But he but he did get sped up for a period there. And I thought he settled down more in the second half and played a much calmer game. But for a while there, that pressure sped him up. 
and um, that was an issue. And so that was the reason for some of their throws. Um, and that that can't happen again because he's going to face that pressure again. And I also think that the more that you see that, not that teams are going to be surprised, but can, you know, can they take away those crossers that this team loves to run? They didn't have success with them the other night. Can they? Can Dallas take those away? Because that's going to be a big staple of their game. And I also I also wonder, Bram, do they? I'm not. I love Chris Russell, and I don't want to be a. You only have to run 500 times a game, like you know. And I tease with Chris with that, but do they switch up their philosophy early in the game and maybe try to establish that a little bit earlier than they have the last two weeks, um, especially than they did Sunday? You know what's funny though? When I rewatched, I didn't realize how much they did run the ball early in the game. Well, but it wasn't. But with Gibson, with Gibson, it was. <laughs> they well, actually the did. I don't remember it that way because there were so many sacks and all those pass right. plays got blown up. But they actually ran the ball. I think more than I remembered when it I wasn't that much though. They did run the ball more than I thought they did. It wasn't much with Gibson though, and they didn't get him the ball to the third series. The problem was the problem was too. Even when they ran it, they still couldn't pass. But they were at least moving the ball a little bit more consistently. They just didn't get enough. And it, it does come back at some point. You can't just run every play. And I'm not certainly not asking for that, but I'm wondering if you start to, if you reverse some of that thinking a little bit for them, not again, not running every play, you can't do that. And I, but it, there's a balance here because the run game, you know, they have a lot of talent in the pass game too. And that's what you want to get to. That's you where know, the big plays here's are. The, I mean, here's the other thing I think it needs to be pointed out and you, you just go watch this and you'll see it. Like, these linemen, actually, this group that everyone's complaining about and obviously did not have a good game, like, go watch them when they're running the ball, that they're getting pushed and they're off the line of scrimmage and they're pushing people back a yard or two. This is the exact same line that on almost every pass play is weak around the edge and is getting pushed back two to three yards into the backfield, collapsing a pocket and leaving Wentz. Not many lanes to go, and he's not Daniel Jones or Jalen Hurts that can escape all that. He needs the pocket to be clean a little bit more. The point is that this line looks like it could be effective more as a power run team. Um, and if that's what it takes to get a defense to back off a little bit and then allow them the opportunity to have some time for him, I think they can be effective. Like They need to figure out who they are and what their identity is. And all of this is going to come around to a few different things. One, if they're going to be kind of a pass-first option team and their idea is they want to exploit people with the, the skill position people down the field, well, you're going to have to leave more protection in regularly right. and, the, and the drops are not going to have to be as long because you can't, until proven otherwise, you can't do that at this point. So it might be a slight personnel change in the middle of the line. It might be leaving Bates in more. It might be leaving Gibson in more. It might be leaving McKissick in more. It might be all of those type of things to offer up a little bit more time secondarily, I think you do have to think about, are you more of a run to set up the pass team? Right. Even if in your gut, you're sitting telling yourself, we know we can blow the roof off of this place. Well, you need to crawl before you walk here. I mean, that's right. what's happening right now. Like the good news also was there was an adjustment from Detroit to Philadelphia. I want to give Philadelphia a lot of credit here. I thought they played really well defensively, like yes. extremely well, not getting all this pressure and getting it on the quarterback. When you're like, well, where are the crossers underneath? Go check. All those sacks, they're they all there. They're covered. They took all them away. Of them. They're yep. covered. Like they, they were literally covered. So I want to give Philadelphia some credit here. Whatever their defensive game plan was, it was really good. And it does go back to considering how inventive and how fooled Jacksonville was in week one. Something's happened in a very short period of time that they 
pulled nothing on Philadelphia that entire game the well, other day. And you know what? Along with that, what am I, I? I love watching Darius Slay. And, you know, I said something on Twitter the other day about, like, where everybody complained about off coverage, go watch Darius Slay and how he plays. Now, they play – he was playing off even more in the second half because the whole goal was don't give up a big play. This, is a, this can be a big play team. Don't give it up. But in the first half, I just love the way that he – and Terry McLaurin, I talked to him about this, that the way that Slay eliminates routes pre-snap. So he knows what he's getting pre-snap. And there were times where he was taking McLaurin away because you could tell, like, he knows that he's going to – be able. To, he's going to come out here. He's going to run this. He's got two routes he can run. So I'm not going to. I'm not going to fall for this stem because he's only going to do this. And you could tell he knew a lot of times like what the possibilities were. And also based on the on the. There was one time I see him before the snap look to the other side to see what what the formation was over there. And by doing that, he took away some more possibilities. He was on the outside left covering Dotson, and he took some stuff away just by looking. The way he checked it out, you could tell he's like, what's going on over there? And he incorporated in that in his game. And someone else just pointed out, too, that another key was they they pressured with four. And that is a massive key. You're right. Because when they sent five, this team actually did better, by and large. So they pressured with four, and that's always a key. Bram, let me get – I want to get to the defense in a minute, but I want to get to some questions that were asked on Twitter, too. And one was um, – Let's see. There are a couple things real quick. One, everybody saw St. Juice play well outside. This is from Burgundy Bob. In yep. my opinion, it's where he's best suited. So why do they keep trying to play him in the slot when Fuller plays best there? Can they not judge in-house talent? I'll, t- I'll start with that one. First of all, Fuller did not play as well in the slot as they expected um, a couple years ago. And that's why they he actually played better on the outside last year. That's why, and they, that's why they wanted to keep him outside there. And they like St. Jude's inside because of his quick feet, which I think you saw the other day, and his ability to turn and run with guys and, and you know, a good hip fluidity. Um, so that was one thing. But I do think it's something that they have to look at because he does. And I here's the problem, though. I don't think it's St. Jude's and Fuller that are the issues. I think Jackson needs to play better. So if you're playing St. Jude's outside and Fuller inside, well, have you solved? Jackson has to play better. What What's the solution there? So I think that's one of the other things as well. You know, would you rather see Fuller and St. Juice on the outside? And then when um, you go to a nickel, then you bring in Jackson. I don't know. I'm just saying that he has to play better. And St. Juice played really well. Juice well. I mean, he did give up a touchdown, but he, he I thought largely, and, and all things considered, that at the last minute there, position change is a strong yeah. word for it, but he's been practicing in the slot the whole right. offseason. Well. So, and they just asked him to go out there and do that and take on a top five receiver. It was a really good day. I mean, like all yeah. things considered, I thought he had a really, really, really good day. They need Jackson back. This is another one of those spots where um, a rolled ankle or a late week back injury, in this case, um, it just exposes vulnerabilities that this team that are self-created. Like yep. Wild Goose is out there because they didn't keep any of their other veterans and it took one minor injury to one player to force them into a situation where he's playing and gets two penalties in the first half. And I don't blame him for that. I like, I like, I don't like, I don't blame him for that. Like he's been here two weeks. Like, I'm not going to, I'm not going to blame him for that. Like they put him in a very difficult situation, but that was of their making. And that's what I keep going back to. This is a, we thing and it's at everything. And I don't want to, you know, I think it's just, it's, it's too late to rehash all of the things that happened in the off season. Cause every team's got these decisions and some of them bite you in this case, a couple of them have bit them. 
Um, but that's why I want to hear accountability from literally everybody. When you're right. outgained 323 to 50, two weeks in a row in the first half, that's not just the players and it's not just the coaches. Nope. That's everybody. Like when you have guys in positions and you're wondering, are they going to be able to hang in there? Well, that's kind of roster construction. So that's your front office. And then, you know, lastly, like, you know, like when you're losing to teams the way that they're losing to teams, it's everybody. It's not one yeah. thing. It's not one play. It's not like last year when when they played the Saints and Ron goes, it was two plays. And he was right. It was two plays. You know, like they play these two plays differently. That game's probably different. Not these last two weeks. Two weeks are an across the board. Everybody needs to figure out what can we do now to clean up some of this mess because we have a good enough team to be better. And for all the people that are, you know, the sky's falling, they're one and two. They're playing Dallas. It sounds like Dak is not playing this weekend. Did you watch them on offense last night? Because if I'm watching its defense, I'm not exactly scared of them at this moment. So why can't they go down there and win? And if they do, they're two and two and everything's back on the table again for turning a season around. And I'm hoping because this happened the last two years, they will get better because they have gotten better during the season. Right. They will adjust. And, and here's the other thing, like, Wentz has shown resilience. He had a bad stretch in this last game. He showed resilience. He came back. They could have scored more in the second half. The score might have been, they wouldn't have won, but the score could have been closer. Cole Holcomb had a huge bounce back week. Jamin Davis has been very good the last couple of weeks. I know Davis he's taken a lot of crap for the, the first week. He's been very good. And he had, he had a large role in containing Hurts, especially on the plays where he likes to get out to the right and can be very dangerous. And Davis over and over, not only was covering him and on him, but was shooting at him like a missile and forcing him to make bad decisions, quick decisions, get rid of the ball, not gain any yards. He had a very good game. St. Juice stood up, had a very good game. Cam Curl's presence was a big deal. Like, I thought Antonio Gibson was short of that one run where he ran backwards on the four-yard line, which was utterly ridiculous that he did that. Outside of that, I thought he had a bounce-back game. So, this does mean something to these guys. It is, there are positives. There are guys that aren't, like, week after week not performing particularly well. But there are vulnerabilities on this team that were worrisome that are rearing up big time right now. So now this is why it's we. It is on the coaches to try to fortify the vulnerabilities and not just blame everybody because some of these things were, in my opinion, foreseeable problems. Yeah, definitely. The quarterback depth is one of them. And somebody else asked on Twitter about quarterback depth. And I agree. Like that was a pro we knew that was a problem in the offseason and training camp, and it remains a problem. To Jamin Davis. And Blaine just said Davis was definitely better. It wasn't just in the pass and chasing down Hurts. Watch him in the run game. He was really good. He had a couple times where at the goal line, there was one stop where he he busts through, and he doesn't actually make the play, but he he, he drilled. It was a zone read, and then Hurts kept it, and it's where Cam Crow made the tackle. But Davis blows it up because he is right in there right away. There's no choice but to hand it off, and Curl's in the right spot. Later in the game, Really good shed of the of the guard goes and makes a stop for three yards. That's where I like where he's playing as much showing up as well in the run game, which is good. Um, uh, Mulhead eighty nine says they have to come up with a scheme where Wentz does not have to get rid of the ball before three seconds or get hit. Yeah, I think that's called block your guy. That's the block scheme. Your guy. Block your, your guy. Assignments. You know, <laughs> yeah. add a little more protection if it's necessary. Like if you if your guys can't handle the rush. You leave people in to help block, period. Yeah. And frankly, we have enough receivers that I will trust that can win one-on-one -on -one against people. Yep. So let's get to another one here. And somebody asked Jim Bradshaw, Rivera on the hot seat? No, it's one and two. So let's see where this season goes. I think it's it's too early for that. Um, 
Brian Crawford wants to know, do you think they add any pieces following week four loss? Well, I'm not sure what pieces are going to be there to add. That's going to be some magic wand that helps. Why aren't they playing Milo Eifler? Because Cole Holcomb and Jamin Davis are better. That's an easy one to answer. And then he says, do you think Chase Young is on track for week six? We need help, LOL. Yes, they do. And I do think that he is on track maybe for week five. So I think I think there's definite optimism about when he can return. And that would be a big boost. And, you know, that front four didn't always put consistent pressure on. But considering they had three guys who weren't on the roster a week ago who played a combined 51 snaps, it might cut them a little bit of slack this week. But, you know, I do think that young when Young returns, it'll be a big help. I, I would like to see Montez Sweat get home because he can create big plays if he does. Yeah, I'm glad you brought him up. Um, yeah. He's not making enough. No, he's not. Play. And that's another thing of the defense where – it's funny after all of this, and it's hard to really justify it. I actually didn't think the defense played all that poorly. I think I want to credit the Eagles for, and especially their receivers, Devontae Smith and AJ Brown for making major plays. This is why this guy got a hundred million dollar extension. That it's catch good. he made on Kendall Fuller, the box out touchdown that he got. Devontae Smith made three unbelievable catches in this game in traffic in each of them. The one where the challenge flag, you know, woulda, coulda, shoulda been thrown. The one where he jumped over two people at the one yard line. And then the fire drill play where he makes a catch in the corner of the end zone or time would have run out. I mean, this is why he's a Heisman Trophy winning first round pick. You're like, good for them. Like, I can live with that. What I couldn't live with last week was Amon Ross St. Brown running 60 right. yards down the field right. or running in the middle field and nobody's covering him. Like, I can live with Devontae Smith makes a crazy play because you know what? We got a couple of guys on our team that are going to do that to somebody else. And, and it's not going to be their ever. fault when they do it, you know? Yeah. I mean, yeah. and we only have a few minutes left. I need to talk about Dallas for a minute. I, I, I really do need to talk about Dallas for a minute. Well, let me, can I play one thing yeah. off before we turn to Dallas? The other thing that has helped, I think, with that, Bram, getting Cam Curl back is a big help. And I think the one thing, like, if you're looking at this defense, like, I actually felt better about the defense after re-watching the game um, just because of what you saw. And when Ron Rivera talks about youth, it's not it's not an offense because they, they don't, you know, Turner and Norwell aren't young. Sam Cosme's played – a year now and needs to be better at right tackle, more consistent. Um, but he is, he's young, but like overall there's veteran players there, but defensively that's where you have the chance for growth with guys like Davis, Curl, Forrest, St. Juice. Hey everyone. Have you ever bet on sports with your buddies and do you like competing against your friends and not the book? Think about all the juice that gets lost during the football season, betting 11 bucks, win 10 bucks. Brothrow lets you bet in all 50 states because Brothrow isn't the house. Betters have a fair shot at winning here. Only sports betting platform that doesn't take a cut out of every bet. And you don't even have to deposit money into a Brothrow account. No deposits, no minimum bets, you don't need to connect your bank account. Betters pay each other directly, hassle-free sign-up. It's a process that lets you get in the action in seconds. Right now, Brothrow is only accepting people through a specific link. If you want to bet with us, our link is brothrow.com backslash kind, K-E-I-M. Bet without fees, no minimum bets. If you bet 10 bucks, you win 10 bucks. That's brothrow.com backslash kind. You can find us on there, play some bets, have some fun. Let's get to Dallas. Yeah. What do you want to oh, say? Oh, yeah, last thing really on the defense, because someone just said it um, in the comments. One turnover in three games, and it's, a, it's oh, basically huge. a yes. player thing. Yeah. Um, you're not going to win. No, you're, that's a great and I'm not point. like I don't know how to make you cause turnovers, but you better start causing turnovers. Yeah. Like, like it's just like and again, like 
I think Payne and Allen have been very good. I agree with you on Sweat. I need to see him make some more impact plays, especially in an incentivized season to do it. Like, Correct. we need you. We need you now. And largely, they need to get some turnovers. I don't care how they go about doing it. You are not going to win games. You can't Correct. turn the other team over. It's impossible. Um, on Dallas, I watched them last night. And I haven't, like, film watched them, but I watched them, you know, live last night. Um, yes, they brought a lot of pressure. Yes, Parsons is a huge problem. Yes, Lawrence is a huge problem. And I'm having, you know, I'm picturing Brandon Graham and Josh Sweat again after, you know, watching what happened with him last night. He was very, very, very good. Um, I, that said, I, I have a, I have a feeling they're going to, obviously Dan Quinn's very aggressive. They're going to test them this way. I do think part of last night with their defensive game plan was they were not scared of the giants receivers whatsoever. And they were not worried about Daniel Jones beating them deep and seemed to be totally okay with the idea of if some of these pockets break down and he runs, well, you got to deal with it. He's actually pretty fast and very athletic. They were totally okay with that. Are they going to do this with us and take their chances one-on-one with McLaurin and, uh, and Dotson? I don't know. Like we'll have to see how they feel about it. Um, and they may look at the Eagles tape and go, we can get there with four. And that's on the coaches on our team to figure out right. how to make them bring heat and then force some hopefully better matchups. Um, defensively, look, I heard Dak say today that he's probably not playing this week. And I know like Michael Irvin and everybody wants to throw a parade for this guy, Cooper Rush, because he won a couple of games, but we've lived this for a very long time. We've now seen this guy. He locks in on certain people. They may not have their full complement of offensive players. I like our defense's chances of keeping that score very low and limited. And if they can get a turnover or two on their backup quarterback, Maybe they steal this thing while they're still trying to figure everything out. And if they're back at two and two and win in Dallas, I think everybody's just going to have a better feel. No matter what the score is, I think everybody will just have a little better feeling about everything. If they beat Dallas three to two, people will yes. be excited. And that, and that, now the key of here is, Bram, Carson Wentz has to protect the ball better in the pocket because you know you're going to bring that heat. When you're stepping up, you can't be holding the ball out here when you're stepping up. That's that was on him. He's going to have to. This is a game where there are a couple times the other day where it's like McLaurin open on that hitch, hit it right now. Don't don't wait. Don't wait for something better. Hit it right now. You know, take the check down right now. And I think those are some of the things you're going to have to do to help. And then because what you started to see in the second half the other day when they started running the ball, um, you could see. I remember taking a picture of one shot where the defense the play action handoff to Gibson, and he's looking to the right. Um, that. Wentz is going to go to the right and you see the defensive tackles eyes, even after they separate, even after Gibson and Wentz separate, the eyes are still on Gibson. That's how you can help with that pressure too. And then you've got to take care of Parsons, but there are things that you can do to help that to buy him time. And somebody also asked, I can't remember if it was on Twitter somewhere about moving the pocket, getting them out on the run a little bit more. You know, can you do that a little bit more? They did change the launch angle on one play the other day. Can you do that? Can you do that more? Um, I think you can do that a little bit more. But the, when you roll them out a lot, what you're doing is cutting down half the field. And then I think you take away a lot of your options. And that's why a lot of coaches don't want to do it that often. You know, um, and, can I uh, can I address this one comment too, by yeah, Steve? He yeah. says, "How many other teams talk about trying to figure out everything weeks into a season every season? Um, try everybody." <laughs> okay. Like, and ask Carson Wentz about this, who was on an 0 and 3 team and then went 9 and 3 with a bad offensive line, not as good skill position people. Okay. So everybody does. Like Cincinnati's 1 and 2 right now. The Rams haven't looked particularly good. The Chargers are 1 and 2. And I know Herbert's hurt. Like 
Denver's two and one, but Denver has no offense whatsoever, or they just can't score. So, and they just hired their own Sherm Lewis up there to figure out how to make play calls during the game. Welcome <laughs> to the you know. NFL. This is hard. Like, this is really hard. Buffalo held the ball for 40 minutes the other day and lost somehow. Lost the other day. This is a hard, hard sport. I do believe that this team gets better. I do believe that they have different vulnerabilities than they had last year. And I do think some of them are really self-inflicted, which is why I keep reiterating, this is a we thing. But... I trust that they will figure out a way to make some of it work because I do think on the whole, they have way too many talented people to have a bust season. That's where I've landed on it. And they're catching Dallas right now with their backup quarterback. Go down there and win. Like, good. I don't care how, what the score is, how it works out. They can't score right now. Go down there and win. Yeah. And I think the other thing too, Bram, like to the slow starts. And the one issue that I've had is that to me, they've been slow to identify certain guys and what they what how well they play or where they should be best suited etc we've seen that the last couple of years do you know so is there a way to somehow improve that or speed that up and to me it's always comes back to those joint practices i wish they'd have one against the ravens because yeah. then you can then you starters against starters not the preseason nonsense put in a practice one day at FedEx, one day up in Baltimore, whatever, get those 10 play drives going, start to learn more about your guys before the season starts. And I think that would help, but, it, but they're doing what a lot of teams are doing in that regard. So, but I think that would help them because I think this staff has been too slow to adapt and adjust early in the season and, and sometimes rely on guys yeah. that you shouldn't, but that you're right though. That is a lot across the NFL. You see like there are some crazy ups and downs. Here. Yes. I mean, Jacksonville's two and one now. Like, do you feel differently about that win now? All of a sudden, not only are they two and one, a lot they of power points from that and then went to the Chargers and gave up ten points. Right. Um. Like, maybe we don't know everything. You know, maybe it does take time for everybody to adjust, and it's mostly everybody. It's everybody at this point in time last year. Do you think the Bengals were going to the Super Bowl? Like, I didn't. You know, like the Colts went nine and three at one point in time in the middle of the season, didn't make the playoffs. So this is a really, really, really tough league. And I've seen a lot of people who are like pointing out like the Eagles defense is way better. It should be. They went and got Hassan Reddick. They and went and got James Bradbury. They did have a lot of upgrades. They got this monster who's barely playing on the defensive line. So far, I had a couple of nice plays against us and a penalty. But like, they're better. Josh Sweat, like he's getting better. I was worried about him coming in because he looked really good. And they shut down Minnesota two a week ago. Justin Jefferson couldn't make a catch in that game. Kirk Cousins threw three picks. So, like, it's not like their defense was awful, you know, the first couple of weeks of the season. That was really good, too. So, you know, like, everybody needs the – what is it? The stay medium. <laughs> stay medium. They got a shot to win this week. Trust me. I know it looks terrible. They had all these sacks, and Dallas had all these sacks on the Giants, and you just assume that that's going to carry over. Well, do you see Dallas's offense lighting anybody up right now? I don't. So why can't we go down there and win? Well, and you, what we what I don't want to see is the John Beck repeat after one. Remember when he got sacked 10 times against Buffalo? He came back the next week and threw about 35 one-yard passes, 20 to like 14 to Roy Hallou. Don't want to see a repeat of that. Don't have to do that. But to, to your point, Bram, I do agree. Like things can turn like that in this league. The teams that I've covered that have gone on to make the playoffs here all have looked kind of bad early in the year, and they all get better throughout the year. So not saying this team is definitely going to do that, but 
you know, I think defensively they can get better. The key there is consistency and then starting to make plays because if you're not making plays, then you're making it harder on yourself every week. And, you know, but, but they are like, can they, we saw a better, we saw some better defensive performances the other day, those big plays. And you're right. I think some of those are superlative plays by the other team, but you've got to build on that. And you've got to show that this week, this is the week. Like if you go down there and you don't cause a turnover, you don't, and you've given up 24 points, then everything I say is like, well, it's out the window because that's not the effort you need. So, you know, I think it's going to start there. They need to create plays for this offense, help this offense get some momentum because when they start going, you can see a different Carson Wentz. You can see a different rhythm. And even if you get some sacks, you can overcome it. So, you know, I think there's, there's a, you know, there's always a chance there's, you know, it's one in a million, baby, but, but there's always a chance in this thing. And until, until, um, if they go out and win, then things look different for this team on Monday. Cause then it's like, Oh, well, you got Tennessee coming here the next week and then Chicago. And, you know, suddenly it looks like this. And then, but after week one, it looked like, Oh, if you go and beat Detroit, then you could be three and one going to after Dallas. And well, that's not happening. So week by week in this league, week by week. Yep. All right. All right, Bram. Well, listen, I hope people learn something more from this. We're trying to give you some insight, trying to answer your questions and I feel for you, man. I feel for these fans because you guys deserve better. And what I saw to that Jacksonville game was a fan base that desperately wants to believe. And what I've seen the last two weeks is a fan base that does not. And I'm not going to blame you at all because no, 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 James. No, 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 no. What? James wants to come out in the wildcat. No, 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 James. So anyway, but I, but I feel for you guys because it's just been a long two decades and you guys deserve some level of hope. I don't want to give you false hope. I would never do that. Bram doesn't do that. But, you know, I think it's – I would say this, it's still early. Let's see where it goes. Bram, thanks a lot for joining me. Everybody out there, thanks for tuning in. I'll be back on Thursday morning with former Washington tight end Logan Paulson. We're going to dig into a lot of the offensive questions – you want to know about play calling, you want to know about scheme, etc. I'm going to be talking to Logan about that. So please tune in and I'll talk to you next time.